0: Everybody, welcome to UJ Sports Live podcast. My name is Rodney Nabulsi. I'm joined by Dane Young and Jim Donnan, the Hall of Famer himself. The reason why everybody's tuned in, I am a classic city eats where it is uh, live, loud, and raucous. And uh, uh, hopefully, we're going to have a special guest join us later in the show. So that should, that should be a uh, hopefully, will be a uh, fun thing for you. Uh, this week's episode of UJ Sports Live is going to center heavily on questions. We have a ton of questions from our readers. Uh, Kind of looking forward to spring, looking a little bit back towards this uh, last season, but mostly uh, people excited about Georgia going out winning another one. Uh, Want to shout out to our friends at uh, Academia Brewing Company, uh, Europe Pie, Athens Ford, and, of course, our friends at Dead Soxie for sponsoring the show. Without them, uh, we wouldn't be here, so we really appreciate it. And uh, I advise you if you get a chance, swing by Classic City Eats here in Watkinsville. It's right down um, uh, Highway 15, uh, Greensboro Highway. Right off of downtown Athens, it's a great spot to come by grab a meal. Uh, I'm going to have some of their uh, uh, delectables here in a moment when they uh, they're back there cooking for me right now. So I appreciate that. And uh, if you get a chance, come by and see Natty the bulldog puppy uh, if she's here. That that would be a uh, if you get a chance to do that. That's definitely worth it. So swing by Clatsop City when you get a chance. Uh, Dane, you want to. Uh, I put on Facebook, they, I'll open it up to questions. We got a ton of them, but we always want to take care of the folks at UGASports.com first. So why don't you hit us up with some of those questions, and we will just have a Q&A for the entire hour.
1: Well, I'm going to start though because this is my privilege as being a co-host of this show with my question. Which, Coach, I just want your Super Bowl reaction. Uh, a lot of former Georgia guys getting, uh, you know, the chance of a lifetime and and seeing it realized with Thomas Brown and Matthew Stafford and Leonard Floyd. Sony Michelle gets another. Just your reaction um, to the Rams-Bengals uh, Super Bowl.
2: Well, it's certainly filled with a lot of intrigue and certainly one of those games where either team could have won and, uh, you got to give the Bengals credit for doing a good job, stopping the run. And it was just a classic case of driving down the field there by Matthew Stafford and uh, tremendous, uh, resolve by that cup kid who just continues to uh, amaze me with his ability. And, uh, certainly any way you look at it, uh, when you got to that Super Bowl ring, it's nothing like it, and I'm I'm really happy for Stafford and and all the Georgia people, and uh, for sure Sony getting his second one already in the first four and a half five years, so uh, something you can always remember. So uh, just really uh, excited for those guys, and disappointed for my, my friend Zach Taylor, who I told you my daughter used to babysit for when he was a little baby. So. Uh, Shows you how old I am, but he's done a really good job with that team. And uh, I think they're going to be a force. They they got to certainly get some uh, offensive linemen to help them a little bit. But when you're trying to block that 99, I mean, he's just such a force. And then they added Vaughn Miller and uh, just made that team, made Leonard Floyd better, made everybody better having those guys up front.
1: I was particularly happy for Leonard Floyd. He's from Eastman, Georgia. It's a very small town, not a whole lot there. Uh, my grandparents live in Carey, so like we're, we're right there next to each other. And uh, Leonard to go from Dodge County High School, then to Hargrave Military Academy, get, get his grades right, come to Georgia and thrive. And then, I mean, he's closing in on, what, eight, ten years in the league already uh, and was a first-round pick and now a Super Bowl champion. It's just a really incredible career for him.
2: Sure is, and uh, Thomas Brown, I remember when I recommended him for a strength job up there at Marshall, and look where his career's gone. Now he's already interviewing for head jobs, and you talk about coaching trees. I mean, uh, when you look at the guys that are coaching for that uh, Rams team, the way these guys are moving on to be, I think this is the third head coach now that uh, Sean McVay's put in the league this O'Connell guy's going to Minnesota and then of course Zach went to the Cincinnati Bengals and their D coordinator went to the Chargers last year so he's putting them out so people are looking for that success plan that they've had but you know incredibly uh they can't beat in their own division they can't beat the the uh, 49ers they finally beat them after losing five or six straight but that's a really tough division when you look at that all the teams in there with, uh, you know, Phoenix, and then you just keep on going uh, all the way up to Seattle and San Francisco, tough division. I guess you call it Arizona Cardinals. It's the Phoenix Suns, (laughs) Arizona Cardinals. You don't say the Arizona Suns or the Phoenix Cardinals. So that's the way it goes.
1: I, I think the hockey team just switched that up, though, because they were the Phoenix Coyotes, but they're gonna play, I think, at like Arizona State's arena or something.
2: Next, for are them they called now? The,
1: they're gonna be the Arizona Coyotes.
2: Does uh, Does the uh, one guy that the, the great hockey player is he Gretzky? still on that team? Gretzky used to own that team.
1: So, uh, uh, Roddy's our hockey expert. So let's go to Roddy and, and ask. Right, please. <laughs>
0: Yeah, I actually, though, I'm trying to get down to Gwinnett uh, here, in March, to see a game. But yeah, I'm not not a hockey guy. I did I did shoot a hockey game once uh, from as a photographer. Never do that again. That is that's the hardest thing I've ever covered. It's it's impossible to even see that puck, and to try to get a great action shot. It's through these little holes they got cut in the plexiglass. Yeah, it's an absolute. You know, everybody, everybody's guy. got their niche.
2: Like yeah. so many people here in in the South. I mean, you got the regular sports that you just rally around football baseball basketball but uh, when i worked up at espn it was incredible the the intrigue there in the newsroom uh getting ready for sports center or whatever it might be at night and how many people be locked into watching the the hockey teams from new york and boston they were just i mean i, I couldn't get in it you know you guys want to be watching that and hey i'm just over and take a nap. I mean, it was unbelievable <laughs> how they really got caught up in it. They take lifetime fans, which is the way it goes up there. They're hockey I'm a, people.
0: I'm a fan of the San Jose Sharks because that was – I spent some time out in San Jose. I got an Uncle lives out there. I spent some time growing up out there, so I'm a fan of the Sharks. But, again, I, I can name three guys on the whole squad. I keep up with them, but I'm just not a diehard hockey guy. But I'll tell I you re- what
2: is- I didn't realize that, so I have one question for you.
0: Oh. Do you know the way to San Jose? I do know the way to San Jose, especially from Campbell, uh, right outside of there. So I, I know the way to San Jose. Another great song too. Uh, I also know right. that if you, if you go to the ocean about that, you know, out that way, it's freezing. Everyone thinks of the California sun and the coastline, and you go out to the Pacific. Yeah, around San Diego, that water is warm. You get up around Campbell, California, San Jose, that water's freezing. You better have a wetsuit. So <laughs> it, it's, it's ugly. Oh yeah, let's go to the beach. No, it's it's different. That's that's why you'll find me on the. Uh, if uh, I'd be down at Orange Beach, whatever, i get the chance. Uh, I do want to mention, you talked about the Super Bowl. I want to give a big shout-out to Matt Stafford for winning it. I thought that was – thought he should have been MVP, but, you know, I, I get uh, the people to vote on that, didn't give it to him because of these interceptions. But, hey, he threw three touchdowns. First, Georgia Bulldog quarterback to uh, win it. I was very excited for him, very happy for him to pull that off. And uh, uh, Leonard Floyd, great guy. I've, uh, one of my, my worst – uh, moments in uh, journalism it was a video interview I did with him after a game. I asked the stupidest questions and he just kind of—he was very kind His to name. put up with it, but he was exhausted. It was horrible. And of course, Sony Michelle, who came so close to winning a title now, has two rings. Very excited for Sonny Michelle. So uh, that was just, that was very cathartic to see those guys win it. Very happy for all three of them. And of course, Nick Jones and uh, uh, Brown. and I feel bad for Trey Hill, but He'll, he'll get his. I think, Coach, you nailed it. We talked about how Hoot's going to uh, that team's built for success going forward. So uh, shout out to Trey Hill as well.
1: Well, with the Super Bowl being over, yeah, that I means, that. uh-oh, is this our special guest? There we go. Oh oh uh, if goodness. you're uh, audio only, Roddy is currently getting licked by the cutest oh. little bulldog puppy.
0: I know, sweetheart. I know. I this know. is
1: your Isaiah Crowell moment, Roddy.
2: <laughs> oh, yeah. So Roddy's gonna make an announcement that he's moving to twenty four seven Don't do it,
1: Roddy.
0: <laughs> yeah, uh, I'm gonna start covering the Gators now. Just to let you
1: know. <laughs> and the oh puppy's name God. is Natty, right? Natty N a t t y. So. All right. All right, with the Super Bowl being behind us, that means that uh, we turn the page and look forward to the next football season. And this yep. question from Dog KC, which position group for Georgia is strongest heading into 2022?
2: Yeah, I really don't see any uh, really overwhelming strengths, just like I don't see any overwhelming uh, weaknesses. Uh, depth issues going to always be a problem if you end up with some guys – entered the portal or something like that but uh the main thing is we, we certainly have a have restocked and re, reloaded in every position so uh, uh you know right off the bat people say offensive line just goes of the depth but you got to get some guys to make that move and, and prove they're capable of starters but uh, i feel like our team is going to be uh, favored in every game they play next year right now unless we just have uh, – we got through this year without, with having a lot of injuries and we're able to sustain ourselves. And I read yesterday where Roddy had said that Bowers had labrum surgery and, uh, a couple of weeks ago, so he's probably ready to go next week. Knowing that kid, I mean, he's, he's probably ready to rock, but uh, that'll give Darnell Washington more reps in the spring. We got Delp here too. So uh, I, I just – I don't know that anything is – just jumps out of me as being a, a strength like our running back room was this year or like our linebacker group was this year. I mean, we're not going to have a dominant position, in my opinion.
0: Yeah. Right. Uh, I will go surface uh, level analysis as uh, uh, Coach points up, And to me, just I would go to the offensive line or the tight ends based on just the depth. But you make a good point. When you you lost left side of that line. You lose uh, Justin Schaefer and Jamari Sawyer. And when you needed a yard, it's fourth and one, third and one, that's where you went. So, uh, Brother Jones is good, but he's had some mistakes. You know, you don't have a left guard right now. But the reason I, I go with that service level uh, analysis is when I did the uh, scholarship distribution chart, I think that Georgia has 21 offensive linemen. And just, you got a bunch of four and five stars in there. And again, Coach. I'm looking at it from just from a number standpoint that that should be the most dominant group. But Coach looks at production, and there are a lot of question marks on the production side there. But I'm just thinking, God, at some point, you know, with Tate Radlidge coming back and Devin Willock being ready and uh, Warren Erickson coming back for another year and McClendon and you know, Ed Van Pran spent – I mean, that was his what, freshman year at center. How much better will he be year two as a starter?
2: Yeah the biggest question on the team to me is how are you going to get Mims in the lineup? I mean, he's going to have to uh, with Ratledge coming back. I mean, Mims is going to be a big big key uh, with his athleticism, so we'll have to yeah, see that work out. But uh, what else we got?
1: Well, I'm going to come in pretty hard with. It. I felt like y'all limped in with those takes. I'm going to say quarterback. Because when you look at the strengths last year, it was experience on the defensive line. It was experience at running back. It's hard to when you look around the SEC to find a quarterback as as experienced as Stetson Bennett. And he outplayed the Heisman Trophy winner in the national championship game when it really counted late in the game, especially fourth quarter. So I look at it and say, I, I would feel really good about Stetson Bennett for the whole season for Georgia. And let's say injuries happen. That's a thing. I think Brock Vandergriff is a really special talent. Now, is he ready for the big time? I, I don't know. I haven't seen him practice or, or anything like that. But I, I think that kid has everything that you want in a quarterback for 2022 and beyond.
2: Hey, you make a good point as far as just one player, but the, you, you're looking at three guys that maybe have played 15 plays behind him. So the question was, what, what is this extreme? So So I, I thought they were talking in terms of just pure numbers, but certainly that the strength of our team, the, the one most overpowering strength on our team to me is the, the uh, combo of Bennett to uh, Bowers, just knowing that you got that going into the season, not to mention the, the fact that Stetson's got a wealth of uh, quarterback knowledge just uh, with all these reps he's had in practice and all these – Adversity he's faced. uh, It'd be nice to go into a game with everybody's pulling for you to do well, instead of half of you pulling that they're not going to do well and you're going to be pulled out of the game. And that's not being negative on Dog Nation or or uh, our group. I mean, but you got to realistically think that he he didn't have as much backing as most quarterbacks have in most schools. Would you both you guys say?
0: I agree with that. Yeah. Absolutely. And now he gets his one year, um, as said, I followed him through the uh, national championship celebration and people screaming like he was, you know, uh, John Lennon and Paul McCartney combined Elvis all combined as one guy, you know, and I'm like, it's a, I get, doesn't do anything on the field. Doesn't help the performance. Doesn't give him a completed pass, but I'm saying that, uh, everyone kind of pulling together, rooting for him instead of some people kind of looking over his shoulder the entire time. Hopefully right. that, that does translate, and the guy deserves it. But I care I, you mentioned uh, Brock Bowers, and I'm thinking uh, when we've watched Cup in that um, uh, uh, Super Bowl, I kept thinking of Ladd McConkey. Just watching that guy, I'm like, these guys are similar to me. You know, it's uh, I'm really excited what he can do after a year. And we have a question about the quarterbacks so. here.
2: Yeah, I'll tell you what, Lab McConkey, speed and quickness, elite level on our team. He's one of the fastest guys out there. And then you, you bring in this fast kid we got, plus the one that got hurt last year, that's a track guy, uh I can't Aaron Smith. Arian Smith. So we'll have a lot of deep threats, but you know, people bring up questions to me like who's gonna beat out Stetson and I mean maybe uh that's a good question for somebody. But to me, if somebody beats out Stetson next year, it'll be, I mean, I'd say that's 99 to one that he's going to be beaten out. I mean, I don't – I just don't see it with uh, with all the experience we got at receiver, those guys that are going to be able to play now, Kieras and and Blaylock to go with the guys and Mitchell and those guys. Uh, and the knowledge of the system that Bennett has – I mean, if you're looking to get him beat out, that would really surprise me to me, to me. But that's – maybe that's just – that goes in with the same rhetoric of the same people that want him to get beaten out last year, maybe. What else can he do? What else does he need to do to prove that he's an SEC quarterback to me?
1: Uh, He's Uh, still not even in the Heisman odds, which is crazy to me from Vegas that they're not thinking that Georgia's offense, that whoever is the quarterback for that would be – that should be a top 10 Heisman favorite almost every year at this point.
2: Yeah. He's got a lot more stats than JT had going into him being a Heisman quarterback <laughs> candidate last year. I mean, he and Spencer Rattler were right up there among the best <laughs> in the country last year. Right. And by the way, Ryan, with
0: all your sources and all, what are you hearing about JT? Where's he going? I last I heard was Utah looking Utah and Cincinnati. It's uh, I know, uh, I, somebody said he's going to Ole Miss. I
2: don't see that happening. Uh, Especially now, they just brought that dark kid in. from Exactly. One, one, one start's going there. Somebody uh, somebody asked me uh, over – I can't remember which store. I, was. I go to so many stores to buy takeout. But uh, they it, it were saying, do uh, you think JT's going to Auburn? Good Lord, if he went to Auburn, I really would have to check his
0: uh, – <laughs> <laughs>
1: So were were you wearing
0: a helmet when you got hit, son? Yeah, I can't,
2: I can't see Brian Harson's parents going to Auburn right now. I mean, <laughs> he didn't, he didn't even visit. I mean, come on. <laughs>
0: that, was, that was cold, uh, cold blooded, Coach. But that, that, that's a good one. Yo, know, yeah. Brian
1: Harson just like stood up and said, "Y'all gonna pay me? So either you're gonna pay me to coach, or you're gonna pay me not to coach. But you're gonna yeah.
0: pay me." Exactly. Yeah. I I do want to address what Coach said about uh, what what could Stetson do. You could go back in time and not be a walk-on quarterback. That's the only thing because some people have that wrapped up. And I feel bad because we're are we are a recruiting organization, and maybe if one of us or any of the other recruiting services out there had given three or four stars, then maybe this whole controversy wouldn't be here. But there's nothing you can do. But I I'll tell you this. Stetson's a uh, smart guy. JT Daniels is a smart guy. JD Daniels knows to avoid the uh, cluster that is Auburn. And that actually brings up a question, Coach, because uh, while we're talking about them, I know we, we, we do want to ask some questions from the board, but I did want to bring up this one that uh, I got on Facebook. Uh, where is it? Uh, Charlotte uh, says, what do you think will happen at Auburn? What will happen? Yeah. Mean, as far that's as all, that's all she asked. She, she said, well, what, what do you think is going to happen at Auburn? I'm assuming she's talking about the whole uh, and
2: Here, here's the deal right now. They're they're just looking at you. You got to look at who you got to beat. So realistically, if you took all the teams in the SEC right now, East West, uh, even the two that are coming in, Oklahoma and Texas, which probably won't be this year, maybe next year, but to me, if you rank them and look at their strengths and weaknesses. I would say they're right there with Vanderbilt to be the, the least talented team in the league as far as their personnel, as far as their coaches now. I mean, they lost another coach yesterday going to the NFL. Uh, it's going to be working with the Broncos. So they've lost five or six coaches. T- over 20 people have hit the portal. Uh, and just uh, you got to think. And then you look at their division, who they got to beat. Uh, not one team in that league, although they did beat Ole Miss last year and Arkansas. But uh, I'm just saying, they're on a five-game losing streak. The recruiting is low, low. They had a really good early signing date, but missed on everybody on the national signing date. And, uh, I mean, I want to be optimistic for everybody, and I think the guy's probably got a lot of good qualities. But To me, it looks like right now he's in over his head as far as the where he's coaching compared to where he did coach. It's just night and day between Mountain West and the SEC. All of us know that. And you gotta you gotta get the players, number one. And they're not getting players and you're not gonna out coach these other schools. I mean, there's even if you bring in Newt Rockney, you're not going to. So uh it, it's just uh I would say if you had to characterize it on a something that really would make me make one of these things that I would put on Twitter. I don't know what you call it, but I would see one of these dumpster fires going down the Mississippi River when it's over flooded. You know, it's it's one of those. That's called a meme, Coach. Yeah, that's what it would be one of those dumpsters on fire floating down the Mississippi during the flood. That's about the way I see Auburn right now.
1: I mean, the recruiting is as bad as it is, but like when you see Derek Mason say, you know what, I'll take a couple hundred thousand dollar pay cut to go to a a worse conference and a team with a worse chance to win a national championship, though, maybe Oklahoma State after this past season, you know, better shot to win a title than Auburn. Uh, But I'm just saying in terms of the league, that that's an indictment to me that these coaches don't want to be there on this staff right now.
2: Yeah, I mean, that's a good point, Derek. About Derek Mason, but uh, I think it's showtime for Derek Mason too. I mean, he's been in this—he's been in this league for a long time, and he couldn't win at Vanderbilt, and he couldn't win at Auburn, so probably figured he tried to go out there and see if he can beat Oklahoma and people like that. But uh, he's a good man and uh, got a lot of good qualities. I just don't know how good a defensive coach he is. Myself, um, I, I really. <laughs> I really worried about the guy playing man coverage at the end of the game against Alabama. Even though they stopped him a long time playing other stuff, but that end of the game mechanics that they ran against Alabama were like he was on Nick's payroll.
1: You notice, Roddy, that coach didn't wish the best to Derek Mason at Oklahoma State, and I don't think it's about Derek Mason. I think it's about Oklahoma State.
2: (laughs) Hey, I just I got some I got some real feelings for Oklahoma State and. They're not good.
1: <laughs> Can't blame you there. Um, I love the rivalries in this sport. Let's get to another question from uh, the vent at ugasports.com. This is from R. Herschel Walker. says, Coach, what pro football Hall of Famers have you coached uh, either as an assistant or head coach? They mentioned Troy Aikman, uh, Chant Bailey, Richard Seymour, and who else? This on the heels. Uh, coach and I on Friday on the same channel, you can scroll back, uh, did a special about Richard Seymour entering the Hall of Fame.
2: Yeah, I don't really want to go in there and go over those guys. Uh, we don't have about 35 more minutes. So uh, I was able to coach some good guys, but I don't really uh, was fortunate that I was in good programs like North Carolina and Oklahoma, Missouri, those guys. But uh, getting in the Hall of Fame is really a, a tough thing to do. I mean, Tyne's Ward's right there on the cuffs of it. I hope he makes it. Uh, so many good receivers. And Richard had to really fight. I mean, he didn't have the overwhelming stats because he played on a team concept defense where he was setting up the linebackers and he was doing a good job of taking away blocks, you know, stuff like that. But, uh, yeah, I was, you know, Keith Jackson, uh, probably the best offensive player I ever coached. He's in the college football all the time. I don't think he's in the NFL, but uh, Champ Bailey best all-around player I ever coached, Lawrence Taylor, probably the meanest ever ever coached. Uh, <laughs> uh, just had a mean on in the in the locker room. You didn't want to – hey, you didn't want to even be around them pregame. I used to wait till the team – when I was in college, I used to wait till the team ran on the field. My dad said, why are you the, only, the last guy to always run on the field? And I said, it's because some of these defensive players in our – and there, start pounding on you and hitting your pads and hitting button you and everything. I used to go stand on the commode so they wouldn't see my cleats and hang in there so they wouldn't hit me. Pre-game, I was scared to death of my own team, so uh, I would just run out late there the last time. So it's because <laughs> I was hanging out in the in the bathroom really, but I don't know why I said that. That was bad self-disclosure there. But I was lucky to coach a lot of good players, and I, I promise you. There's one thing I could do that I always I always enjoyed recruiting and I always enjoyed the challenge of it. And uh I tell you what, with this NIL stuff going right now, I would be stronger than dirt recruiting. I can tell you that, because I'd come in there with some good packages. I came in with good packages when it was illegal, but I guarantee you when it's legal, I could set some people's ass up for life. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Oh, there's some stories I need to get either on air or off air. I really don't care. We'll have to have a lunch or something to get some of those. Uh, This is from Ned Racine Dog said, Coach, after having coached national championship level teams and having a firsthand view of this Georgia team, what can you tell us about the common denominators for such success?
2: It got leadership at the top, Kirby Smart. I mean, when you have a guy – that's as driven as Kirby, that's as organized, that has a has a real good vision and really uh, likes his job. I mean, he loves being here. I mean, that means a lot, just the fact that all the background, I don't need to go into that, but you know, it t- takes a lot of personal pride in, in what we're doing. Every person has pride in your job, but it's even more when it's someplace that you've invested so much of your life into and your wife had too. So, I think it starts at the top. Just the fact that he's not going to let any stone be unturned, and, it, and you start over on the first day of uh, after national signing day. You, you got to start with your strength program. You're uh, working on your all season deal, where you work on specific drills and stuff related to your your uh, position, and the over the constant changing of your staff, whether it be support people or on the field people, but you know, how are they going to blend together? We had a really good feel for each other last year as a staff that had some adversity. I mean, coach left during the season, had to replace him. And uh, we had another coach get a head job while you're playing for a national championship. It's just a really good uh, organization here. And you just got to be careful about one thing. I'm going to tell a quick story here because we got time for stories. Uh, Oklahoma won the national championship in 71 or 72 I mean then didn't lose a game the next year and had these ties and everything. Well they had these guys that were younger guys that weren't playing much you know they weren't practicing like these varsity guys were you know what I mean so they weren't used to anything except the way Oklahoma practiced, which was not real hard because they had so many good players, the Selman brothers, all those guys they were winning. They're dominating, so when they started over, they had to change their system a little bit and start working harder and practicing a little harder and everything, and these kids weren't used to it. They didn't know that dynamic, so they told uh, J.C. Watts, who was a quarterback, said, why don't you go up there and tell Switzer what the heck's going on? Why are we working so hard? And, you know, hey, what's going on? We're, we got a little unrest in the locker room, so that was the first morning of practice and then of that day, and then when he they get ready for practice in the afternoon said, JC said, how would he say? And he said, well, I was walking up there and I was walking through the halls and I saw those pictures of Steve Owens and Billy vessels and all the uh, different people that played at Oklahoma. And I'm thinking, would they go up there and tell Switzer that they're working too hard? Would they tell them that they challenge him and say, look, you know, why are we doing this? Every team's got its own makeup. is what I'm trying to tell everybody here. And this is going to be a team that's going to have to adjust. And probably some of these kids are going to be asked to do things that they weren't in the roles they were in last year. And they're going to have to adjust to that. But they know based on wh- the way we practice and what we do, a pretty good idea about it. I mean, that, that's not going to be a radical, but your, your responsibility roles have to change. And how does that happen? How do we supplement our team with the transfer portal? Like, you know, we got the kid from Clemson. We got, Guys that come in and do the job. So that's going to be important. Every team's got a makeup, but I like the fact that, w- that we're going to be right there in the thick of things just because of who we got coming back, who the rest of the league, you got who you got rebuild at Florida. Tennessee's in their second year of rebuild. Kentucky's really the only team in our league on our side of the ball that really has a st- stable coaching staff that hasn't changed in the last few times. You got a new guy at Vanderbilt and you got Missouri going to third year, uh, South Carolina, all that. So Napier's first year. So uh, I feel good about where we are. And that's a long answer, but basically every team assumes a new identity, a new personality. And Kirby did a masterful job of uh, working on our off the field, psyche last year the way they'd had all these people talk to them about collective being a group knowing what everybody does things like that you could tell our kids like playing with each other there was a lot of companionship and a lot of uh,
0: camaraderie there yeah that actually reminds me coach because we had a second question from charleston dogs saying what is the hardest part about winning another title and uh i think you nailed it right there with you know the developing their own identity right i do want to mention our friends over at uh, athens ford uh, great site, uh, website. If you want to go look at what they have available, uh, great site. If you want to go in and set up a service time, you're like, hey, I need uh, oil change, I need uh, new tires, I need whatever service you want or custom work you want to do. It's neat that you can actually go in there, pull up their calendar, and pick your time, and you don't have to call up and go, hey, what's good for you and what's good for you know. You just set up for yourself. They'll send you a confirmation, hey, we got it, we're ready, to, we're looking forward to it. They'll send you a reminder in case you forget. Uh, but it's a very easy website to use and it's, it has a ton of information. And they'll, if you just show up, uh, they have all sorts of uh, deals for students, $500 off, military discount, $500 off, uh, uh, lifetime powertrain warranty for anybody you know that goes out there and buys a new vehicle. Uh, so a great site. And also if you check, if you're on Facebook, if you're watching our show on Facebook, go over to their Facebook page, Athens Ward Facebook page, you'll see a lot of the neat stuff that they're doing out there. Uh, Right now, you can actually go customize your new vehicle, you know, because the deliveries on these uh, boards, everybody in the industry is having a hard time getting vehicles. Athens Ford has more than anybody else. But what they're doing right now is they say, look, uh, uh, some of the stuff we're having to order in, come by and customize it. If you're going to order, you might as well get it exactly the way you want it to. So especially if you want one of those nice uh, Ford Broncos, they're like, look, come set up a time. Uh, and customize your vehicle and have it delivered here. We'll take care of it for you. So a big shout-out to friends at Athens Ford. Uh, they're probably still – I haven't touched the ground yet because I know uh, Brian and folks out there are huge Georgia fans. They do a lot in this community, and they probably are still highest kites from that uh, national championship win. And speaking of, we'll talk about folks who are big into the uh, – who are big Georgia fans and who uh, are ecstatic with Georgia's success and who are now I, – I know, I know this guy – I've known him for years, and when I think about um, the folks out at uh, Pie, when they uh, – when uh, Drew French and Natalie French start talking Georgia football, and, uh, he, uh, Drew knows his stuff. And I can tell you there's a guy who will have 50 questions about spring practice, you know, and who follows recruiting, who follows the team, who follows it day in and day out, who travels to go see games, Uh now of course they have locations all over the country. You're, you know, if there's one in Auburn, it's not going to be—you're not going to go in there and see Georgia stuff all over the walls. You know, but uh, if, as a, as the owner of pie as the guy who started the whole thing, uh, Drew and Natalie are huge Georgia fans, Georgia alums. They love the dogs, but it's not a prerequisite if you want to be a franchisee. So if you want your own uh, uh, pie and you're in uh, Charlotte, North Carolina, or uh, Jacksonville, Florida, or wherever you want. You don't have. It doesn't have to be Georgia themed. I guarantee you, the ones in Athens are Georgia themed, and uh, uh, that's a, a huge, huge Georgia fan there. And Drew French. And uh, if you want to make a lot of money and uh, have a lot of fun, hit Drew up about being a franchisee. And if not, if you just want a great pizza, you want a great sandwich, want a great salad, you want a great gelato, uh, I can go by there tomorrow and get a free, uh, free gelato, free brownie too. For my birthday, so I can go out there and uh, get some nice uh, eats. It shows up on my app already. Hey, it's already told me happy birthday. Come get your free food. So be sure to sign up with the Europe uh, I app and get some free food, either through having a birthday, through just existing, or by using it to order on uh, order all your food. So hit up Europe Pie when you get the chance. Are, are you, you going to go be, get- be 50? Yes, five zero.
2: Holy hey, what, balls. great hair. Hey, the- oh, if I had any. <laughs> going into the third quarter, man. That's <laughs> all. <laughs>
0: I, I feel like I'm 27, though. I don't. I don't understand how I got to be this old.
2: I tell you, your, condition, your condition is a lot better than it was last year when we we're doing these shows. Yeah. I mean, that's Stronger. really good. I mean, I take a little credit for telling you to get off your ass and get going. <laughs> you did. You absolutely did. I'm I proud, uh, proud of you. That's good. I mean, a lot of people. One thing that just kills me: is say, "I'm going to try to lose weight." How do you try? I mean, you either work at it or you don't. You know, I mean, you, you got to have a plan, and you know, it's just you, you can't try anything. You got to go on and commit to it. So, I, I'm not going to get on that right now. Let's go. Oh, well, we
0: did have a guy on our site lose 85 pounds. I wish I could remember that's his awesome. name, but that's uh, awesome. He, he
2: that's great. Congratulations.
0: He basically said, uh, "Hey, I followed your plan. I lost. I dropped 85 pounds." I'm like, Holy hell, that's fantastic. So other people are getting healthier too, and we love it. Yeah. Right, uh, hit us cool. up with another question, Dan. Or I can ask some of mine.
2: Dane's on silent. Yeah, let's go.
1: To, let's go to a UGA alum '95 who says, with Zach Etheridge apparently out as the favorite to be the next defensive backs coach, who is the favorite? Is it the Clemson guy or Florida State or somebody else? You know, I really don't know about this Zach Etheridge. I mean, once you
2: read stuff on on Twitter that and somebody lets is leaking that that uh, I guarantee you nobody leaks anything around here about who we're talking to. I, that that was a Montgomery paper or something said he was, uh, but deep down, don't you think if he had a chance to be the coach here compared to where he is right now, what would he do? I mean, he turned it down. Come on. Yeah. So I don't know. I don't know all the facts there, but I, I would say there's a pretty good chance. He wasn't offered that job. I mean, maybe he was, but – and I don't know about the Clemson guy. I mean, he probably feels like he was shunned a little bit, not getting the defensive coordinator to the situation. But he's making a lot of money over there, uh, I think close to 800000 And so where both Schumann and uh, Muschamp, that's going to be their salary. I can't see them bringing in a guy as a special teams coordinator and defensive back coach making more than them. So, I, I – I'm I'm really bad on the coaches. I, I, this is one thing about this show that I bring nothing to the table on because I, I don't want to have any insight into that and be accused of uh, saying something on this show that I might hear over there. So I don't ever talk to them about who they're bringing in for coaches unless I'm asked my opinion. And then if my, I tell them that, then I'm certainly not – in this, except after the fact when I told Roddy that it was total BS about that guy from uh, Kentucky being in on the job. I mean, uh, he was a friend of uh, on the he was a friend of Coley's uh, from Florida State, and he's trying to get a raise up there, and he got a raise at uh, Kentucky. So, but he, we never considered him for that job. So they
0: got fired or left or something. Yeah, but he's
2: He's probably gonna get hired again because their coordinator is gonna to go to the back to the Rams. I mean, that was a that was like a rent-a coach for a year for them. Uh, he got to be a college OC, and now he's gonna go back out there and take that guy's place. So uh, I, I would say that more than likely. Now I can't say that for a fact, but who are you hearing, Roddy? I mean, I am You, you I'm asking the wrong guy here, but you got like this. You got Kirby, and you got Muschamp in the secondary. And whoever's got to come in here has got to be somebody that can get on Jeopardy and answer all the questions, including Final Jeopardy. (laughs) When you come in here and get interviewed and they put you on the board and make you do all this stuff and you talk about all these, you got to be pretty damn slick to get a job here in the secondary, any place. And then you got to be an ace recruiter and all that stuff. So I don't know who that is right
0: now. Yeah, I, I don't know who it is. I mean, I know they went after Travar, T-Rob, Traverse Robertson. He went up going to Alabama because Alabama had an opening. Georgia didn't at the time and uh, want to get, I guess, go. We, we did, though. We had, we had an opening for Lanny. Yeah, just, but, I mean, right, they he could have done that too. True. Yeah. And then uh, they, they talked to Reed at Clemson. Um, but I, I learned that Eddie Grant thing was a good lesson for me where you have – people in his market saying he's been offered the offensive coordinator spot at Georgia come to find out he was basically offered as a tight ends coach. He goes back and says, I turned down Kirby smart or who is his agent. And then, um, you know, you find out that what the sides don't agree on what actually happened, but then we see this guy's in a job with Etheridge. Well, sometimes a, uh, a newspaper or a reporter—this has happened to me—where an agent leaks it to you that they're, you know, they're in contact with them. They're really not in contact with this guy, but he uses it as leverage to get a raise. You let people know that other schools are coming after you, and therefore you get, you know, the coach at your school locks locks you down or gives you a raise or something like that. It's tough to find out what's real information, but I will say this about Kirby Smart: when it comes to some of his hires, look at his coaching tree—very strong. And when he goes like uh, with the um, inside linebackers coach, we find out that he's talking to a guy out at uh, uh, Kyle Pope, uh, I think at a TCU, something like that, or Memphis. And then he winds up uh, getting Chadiro. Ch- Ch- uh, the stuff that we heard about Chadiro is through the roof. The Kyle Pope guy looked fantastic. I mean, he had great options no matter which way he went. So uh, I – I'm very curious too, UJ L M ninety Five. I want to know who it is, but uh every Good guy I come it's up great. with is great hasn't out yet.
2: <laughs> but realistically for everybody out there, knowing Coach Smart's resources, knowing Coach uh, knowing Josh Brooks, uh, who and uh Dr. Moorhead, who if you look at the record, anything that really Kirby within reason has wanted here, he's been able to do so you got to think that anybody that leads here goes to another school, and I'm not going to appoint anybody in particular, but goes to another school for a lateral move, it's more than likely that that they weren't really going to be, uh, uh, I don't know, I'm not going to say that they were let go. I'm just going to say we're not going to lose a person on a lateral move here and Kirby wants to keep them, I can tell you that if he wants if he doesn't care how they go then that's pretty obvious right so that's the obvious deal here so we we got uh you got to be really careful about making all these moves about talking about well do, why didn't we keep him why didn't we keep him? I'm telling you why we didn't right now
1: this question uh, from Grand Moff Tarkin. And on the vent, you can have these titles that people give themselves. What's refers it? to himself as a buffet line stalker. You've heard of a goal line stalker. Grand Moff Tarkin is a buffet line stalker. It says, Coach, who is the fastest player? What does in terms he do, of- pick up the fattest women
2: going through there? He stalks them or what? I, mean- <laughs> <laughs> uh, I think he
1: means he's stalking out the food for the buffet oh, okay, when they put the okay. hot stuff out okay, there. stalking the food. Eh? Good. Yeah. Um, So who's the fastest player in terms of pure speed that you've ever coached, and who's the fastest player in terms of pure speed that you coached against? Boy, I don't
0: know. Those are good questions. (laughs) We're
2: putting Coach to work today. The fastest guy I ever saw in person was Bob Hayes watching Dallas Cowboys practice out in Thousand Oaks, California. I promise you, he looked like, somebody had shot him out of a cannon. I mean, just fast. A lot of guys can transfer track to football but not keep the same speed. Bob Hayes was the fastest guy that I ever saw in person. As far as fast guys playing against, uh, I mean, I have had so many of them run by our secondary guys that I can't even think about. So uh, I always hate to think about people work in – as far as just pure speed on, on my team, uh, I had a guy for, uh, played for me at uh, Missouri. His name was Clifford Mundy. He's from Florida and uh, just super fast guy. He just couldn't catch the ball very good. But the number one thing I remember about Clifford Mundy, we we're playing in the Holiday Bowl and my son Todd was like 11 or 12 and he was on the sideline and he asked Todd to go get him a hot dog. On the bench, Clifford. <laughs> I mean, you just don't. <laughs> so uh, it was Clifford Hot Dog Monday, but uh, he was probably the fastest pure guy that I ever had that could just flat out fly. But you could you could run down there and hand him the ball and he'd drop it on a pass, though. So, I mean, he couldn't catch it very good.
1: <laughs> uh, this question from N Kirby, we trust. What is the most important thing that Georgia must do in the offseason to repeat last year's success?
2: Academics. Keep keep everybody here. Don't lose any guys academically. Uh, that's number one. I mean, you got – fighting that role. Uh, and I, the reason I wanted to bring that up today on the show because I know we don't have a lot of football – these are good questions. But I just want to reiterate to everybody how hard the school is And you get a great degree from it, But I get all these people, Coach, can you help my kid get in school? I can't help them. I mean, I wish I could. I wish I had some pull.
0: I can't get mine
2: in. It's a hard place to get in. And you you see all these different uh, people that try and what they got to do to get in. And I I just went through it with my granddaughter, who was deferred for a a semester. And uh, it's just very tough to get in here. So if you just couple that with the fact that who, who the type of students that we're recruiting academically, our players are having to compete with them in a the classroom. And the fact that these classes are geared towards those kind of students. And a lot of these kids don't have the background that these other students have here. So kudos to our academic support people to Jonas Jennings, uh, Austin who helps with it. Austin Chamber. All those guys just really do a good job of motivating our kids to go to class and taking notes the right way and doing everything. So I would say academics number one. The the, the next thing is injuries. Uh, can you get into fall camp with with a, a you know injuries to a minimum in spring because you have contact? And then the third thing would be just transfers. I mean, not so much. I don't think anybody is going to be a starter, but backups just leave you hanging like we lost all those guys last year uh, in the secondary to depth. So, uh, academics, injuries, and transfers to me be the deal because we're going to have the team.
1: The other thing I would add in there is the connection piece that Kirby Smart talks so much about the skull sessions that worked for Georgia last year. They credited it a lot coming out of the pandemic. I mean, the team changes over so fast. I think that's going to be a critical piece of it every year now.
2: Right. Good point. And it's going to be easier, though, because of the lack of the – you don't have to worry about quite as many restrictions on the COVID so that you can have more meetings, you can have more speakers come in, and you can have people interact a lot easier in the locker room and around the the building. Plus – Uh, which Roddy told us about three years ago that Georgia was building a new building. The last phase of that is going to come into fruition here next week or so where they'll have a full-time cafeteria, a beautiful meeting room for the whole team, a theater room, these sleep rooms, uh, new dressing rooms for the support staff and coaches. All that part of the building will come in to add to the other. So it's like having a five-star hotel without the uh, bar and the uh, restaurant, now all of a sudden you put that in there. We're not going to have a bar, but we're going to have a, you know, a smoothie bar maybe. But uh, it's going to be – I mean, I, you just create a morale situation where the kids want to be over there. And I've said this before on these shows. You, you When you go visit a school and you don't ever see the players around the building, you probably got something wrong. They don't enjoy being around the coaches. They don't enjoy being – but our place, our, our kids are there all the time. They like it. They got a lot of things to do, and uh, they got good morale. So uh, it's going to be even better here, Call your Perno with this new uh, cafeteria thing. It's, it's really more a restaurant. I mean, it, it's going to be – they're calling it Bones. You know, it's certainly not like the one in – over there in Atlanta, but uh, there's going to be some good groceries over there. That's for sure.
1: Coach, I wanted to touch on the academic piece of it too, a little bit, just because of the insight that I've gotten. Last month, I started working with the Carmichael Sports Media Institute on campus, training students to become members of sports media. There are two football players in the program, and there's a stereotype around football players and academics that exists forever. And I'm sure in some cases it's been true. That's how stereotypes become what they are. But to think that a lot of people say, well, the football players don't do everything all the other students do. It can't be further from the truth from what I've witnessed in this particular program, and then I think that goes for across the college. They're doing everything that all the other students are doing in addition to their other responsibilities. It's hard. You're right. It is very hard. Yeah, I'm
2: I'm glad you brought that up too because in Roddy's son, Ali, I'm congratulating him on doing so well in the state tournament in wrestling. It's awesome. Thank you. Part of the part of the deal about going to college, and I think everybody that listens to the show that went to college, or even if you didn't, as much of it is book learning and working hard and learning how to study and and use your time. Is learning how to meet and deal with different people because that's what life's all about. You got all these different people that you have to understand where they're from and what they're doing. But I, I just value so many people that I'm that I went to school with or got associated with as a coach that were on the campus as uh, people like you, Dane, that are working in in the university. So uh, I I just think that's one thing that that a young man or woman going to a school got to understand, hey, I'm going to major in this and all that. But you got to major in learning how to deal with the day-to-day issues of having the discipline to go to class and meeting different people and having somebody say something to you that maybe you didn't like but work with it and all that. So uh, that that really helps people here in the state that go to school here because they're going being around people that usually have kind of the same values you do growing up. So that helps too. But uh, our 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 it's kind of contradiction to what I said a minute ago about our players around the building a lot. But that's because you know once they're on campus, they it's hard to go back to where apartment or where they live. But I really do feel like we have great involvement on the campus. With
0: our players, I do. Bring myself back up here. When they get a chance, I want them to swing by their Facebook page and check out all the great uh, live music acts they have. The trivia nights, their beer and biscuit brunch—I can never say it really quickly—and of course, uh, when you get a chance, we might grab their hopradisiac. And a lot of people when they talk to me about beer, they're like, "What is what is the best beer to get out at?" Uh, uh, academic Brewing Company. What what are they known for? And I always tell people about the uh, IQ IPA, but I want folks to get used to that name, Hoprodisiac. We, we we started the show years ago. Uh, you know, we first started having this at uh, when this place was Champions before it was Classic City Eats. We were down in the um, on Baxter Street. They started bringing out the uh, academic beer out there, and I remember having that Hoprodisiac. And I'm not a hophead guy, but I thought that was a fantastic beer. So I started drinking Hoprodisiac and everybody that i've had that likes it people that like those IPAs, people like this and it's a it's a double ipa okay it's a double dried hop a double ipa uh, fantastic taste i'm not a huge ipa guy but i tell you i will drink the hell out of that beer so when you get a chance swing back academia you don't have to drink it there you can get get it to go you'll find uh cans of it all over town all throughout the states it's uh, being sold everywhere so go ask for academia hoprodisiac beer hop like aphrodisiac, De- hops, haphrodisiac, try it out. You will love it. If you don't like it, uh, then there's just something wrong with you. You're just not a, not a good beer drinker. That's, that's all I can tell you. So you get a chance. Try the haphrodisiac uh, from Academia Brewing Company. And of course, we'll mention our friends over at Dead Socks. Uh, these are uh, Jason Simmons of the folks over there. Uh, couple The guys that started that company are two old Miss grads, and they make great socks, some of the best, most comfortable socks you'll ever uh, put on in your life. Uh, they stay up. They don't fall down. They have the true state technology. They're incredibly soft. They feel great. And they are good looking socks. So and people I'll be wearing mine. And people are like, Hey, wh- what are those? You know, uh, where'd you get those? And I tell them about them. And I, we brought them on as an advertiser because they sent us some and said, what do you think? We're like, these are great. So, we'll, you know, we've had great success selling these to uh, Ole Miss fans, to LSU fans, to Alabama fans, uh, fans all over the nation. And they want to do something with Georgia. So they came up with some Georgia styled socks, your red and black, silver. Check out their friends at Dead You Try them out. You will absolutely love them. And if you don't like those, then again, you're, you're a bad beer drinker and you don't have good taste in footwear. So that's all I can tell you. So try any one of those and uh, give our friends at Dead Soxy a shout out. And yeah, use the promo code UGA Sports. That's the name of our show, the name of our site. UGA Sports will get you 30% off your socks. So can't beat it.
1: This is more of a comment than a question from coastal VA dog. I'm going to route this to you. I'm going to route this to uh, you, Roddy he says you think with Kirby's inability to manage quarterback position, which he's saying in jest a little cheeky, uh, that the Manning family would not be serious about sending Arch to Georgia. In all seriousness, the fact that UGA continues to be one of his potential destinations says a lot about Kirby smart and Tide Munkin. The Mannings know Arch is going to have to earn it and probably don't want it any other way. Whatever your thoughts.
0: I, to, I, I see this a lot. People say, well, he won't come to Georgia because he's worried they're going to play uh, the, the lesser quarterback, you know, in, instead of him. Hey, Arch does not, doesn't believe that at all. You know, and we had a uh, – Blaine had a great uh, conversation with his head coach and talked about, you know, what they're hearing from schools. These are coaches – I mean, uh, the, the people in his family, they – Gone their own route, you know, and they've gone, they've blazed a trail. They understand the game, they understand the industry, they understand development. They're they know what a good quarterback is. And when they see the guy who supposedly was the worst quarterback choice of all time win a title and you know, Georgia's first title in 41 years, like hmm. they, they they knew what stats has screwed up, they knew what he did well, they know that Todd Munkin wants to win. They know Kirby wants to win, and if you're trying to send your kid somewhere or Arch is trying to make a decision, he's going to look at George and go, okay, um, people didn't agree with this, but Kirby stuck with his guns, so and it worked out. God knows what he's doing. Guy knows how to develop talent. Um, they've had quarterback controversies there. Guess what? When I go there, there won't be a damn quarterback controversy because I'm going to go there. I'm going to win the starting job. And again, what's the difference between there and Alabama and wherever? I mean, Alabama moved to Hurts and back and forth. They had quarterback controversies every everywhere you look. There's been quarterback. Old Miss had them with Plumlee and uh, oh, Corral. Right. You, their quarterback controversies everywhere you go. They understand it. They know it. They know that uh, the best guy is going to win out. They have ultimate faith in Arch. Arch has faith in himself. So when he looks at Jordan, he's like, "Hmm, let me go somewhere where I'm going to get good blocking. There's going to be a, an established run game. I don't have to do it all myself. I'm going to have good wide receivers." great tight ends and that's a good offensive coordinator who's going to develop me for the lead. Why not go to Georgia? They're a national title winner. They're a contender. They're going to be contenders going on. They have stability like Coach pointed out. You know, you're not going in with a new coach. People say, oh, well, this team's going to fire their coach, and then you're going to have a new coach who's going to be very appealing to Arch. Maybe, but Arch probably doesn't want to go in a situation where you've got to rebuild everything from the ground up. Step into a winner. That's why Alabama is so high on the list. Consistency. Consistent winner, consistent talent, consistently putting guys in the NFL. You just had a former Georgia player win the Super Bowl. I think it's. I think uh, Georgia is a very appealing uh, option for the Mannings.
2: Yeah, only thing I would say about all this right here is, and you made a really good point there. And Blaine's done a good job of list writing what the coach says, but it, it really doesn't matter. Nobody knows at this point. It's it's the same opinion. Very true. Everybody's got an opinion on what what they're going to do, and just because you know you can make your opinion a lot better than maybe somebody else's based on some things. But I would say right now this kid is enjoying being in high school and enjoying being uh, in that Manning family, and you know he probably has no idea what he wants to do until after. He finishes his junior year. He'll go around some in the summer one more time and get a feel like he did last year. Uh, I just know I saw him over here last year when he worked out and came to camp and he had a gleam in his eye. He was interacting with the players. I can tell when a guy likes something or doesn't. He had a good visit here. That was when he was a sophomore going into his junior year, though. He probably would have done the same thing when he went to Western Carolina, I mean, he was a sophomore, you know what I'm saying? So now he's a man of the world. He's been through all these visits and he can separate the wheat and the chaps. But for us to make some conjecture right now about where Arch Manning's going, is about like, us telling me what's the Dow Jones going to be tomorrow afternoon. <laughs> I don't know. I mean, Nobody knows, but
0: yeah, that's a great point. It drives me crazy. We go, here's his favorite, or here's his top three, or stuff like that. Until the kid tells you who his top three are, you don't know.
2: And but the so idea
0: that the team's out of it because of based on what they've done in the past or what they did last year or two years ago, or I, I don't think teams are out of it based on that. And I don't think teams are in, a, in it based on that.
2: Yeah. And these guys that do these national things, they got a job to do every every day to put out stuff to get readers, you know, and a lot of times maybe they they have really good stuff, but in the case of this, and I'm just telling you that kid out in California is pretty good too. Now Uh, watch the tape on him, but the one that uh, I can't say his last name, but uh, he he's really good. And uh, Texas just got a quarterback coming in from, from out there. And they also got a big transfer that they got a lot of NIL money in. So all the reasons to say, that they say Texas is in there, I don't know. So, um, and he's going to be a good player, no question about it. He'll be, he'll be good wherever he goes. But,
0: coach, you just called that kid out in California, Nico.
2: No, that's oh, all yeah. I'm doing. I'm
0: not trying that last name either. And I got a tough last name, but I'm going with Nico.
2: Nico is is the real deal. So uh, yeah. we'll get we'll have a good.
0: Emma Levea.
1: I think as a whole, all you can really say is that Georgia as a program has positioned itself to be right there competing with You know the best of the best for the best of the best, and that wasn't the case even a handful of years ago. Getting a national championship helps, Uh, doing all the other things that Georgia's done helps, but like you have to sustain that. Clemson is not what it was two years ago. Like there's a little bit more shaky ground there right now, and Georgia can seize on that. Uh, You know, Georgia's in there with Alabama and probably Ohio State right now as the most desirable uh, places to be, just in terms of stability.
2: Yeah, and I would say this, and I'm going to point my finger here to make this point. There was a reason Matthew Stafford came here. There was a reason Jason, Jacob Eason came here. There was a reason Justin Fields came here. They see what Georgia has to offer. It doesn't make any difference what happened to them, where they left, when they did, how how they played as freshmen, all that. They came here because of what Georgia had to offer, and that's the way that, uh, that the Mannings are going to look at it. Where, where can my son have the best chance to be able – to continue the legacy of being a pro quarterback. That's going to be it, I promise you.
0: I get to point my finger too, because I want to point out, you had Brock Vandegrift, who's a five-star. There's quarterback controversies, he came. Gunnar Stockton saw everything that happened this year. Uh, High four-star, close to a five-star guy, depending on where you look at the rankings. That's a kid who could have gone somewhere else he came to Georgia. You're in it for these guys, and I think Coach nailed it. The opportunity to play, Georgia is a blue blood, University, it's a blue blood program. They're always going to be attractive. Oklahoma's always going to be attractive. Ohio State's going to be attractive. You know, Clemson's going to be attractive. All you, you're in the fight. That's all I can tell you. Right, you. Got another one, Dave?
1: That's it. That's a wrap for the questions from uh, the event.
0: Let me go back to one. Make sure I think we have another question. Oh, uh, let me ask Bill and Statham. Now, this is my buddy Bill. That I used to work with. This is a different Bill. Because my buddy Bill at Stadium, I used to work with, was a huge Alabama fan, and I have not rubbed in his face yet. Uh, the Georgia beat them. I need to do that because we've gone back and forth over the years. He's a good guy. Uh, Bill at Stadium says, Is there any confetti left? Uh, no, Bill, there is not. So I apologize for that. Uh, We're out. Good job on that. But, uh... <laughs> uh, but I do want to give a shout out to our uh, sponsors for the show. Uh, thanks, everybody, for um, sponsoring us because it means a lot. Uh, Athens Ford, huge. Dead Soxie, gigantic. Uh, friends Academic Brewing Company, Classic City Eats, and, of course, Europe High. We can't have a show without them. Uh, we will have a show next Tuesday at noon. Uh, guys, anything you want to touch on before we leave?
2: Say goodnight, Gracie. Goodnight, Gracie.